0: to the Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast, where we believe that healthy cash flow is critical for your IT business. Automation is paramount in building trust with your clients by looking professional will help grow your business. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, and today you'll learn about some profound struggles related to owning
1: and growing an IT business and how Rick Jordan from Reach Out IT overcame them. If you're not focusing on the offense right now, You're going to be playing defense the entire time and just keep losing ground, losing ground, losing ground to the point to where your valuation is so low that you'll have to either just fold or sell for pennies on the dollar.
0: Here is the podcast with Rick. Hey, guys, Ryan Goodman here, president of Connect Booster. I am here with Rick Jordan. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of an intro and I'm also gonna allow you to, to part up on our our, our audience. Hey, hey. But uh, Rick is the CEO of Reach Out IT. He's also a public speaker. I mean, he's been featured in, uh, speaking in NASDAQ, uh, Harvard clubs of Boston and New York City, as well as a, a bunch of other places. Isn't it West Point Academy? As yeah wild, man that was a, a trip. I was
1: spoke. just talking to a pastor of mine who uh, a pastor friend of mine yesterday cuz he actually spoke at West Point as well and we were he he did a funeral there for a secret serviceman and Bill Clinton was right in front of him. Oh that's wild. Yeah uh, yeah President Bill Clinton it was wild. Yeah so we had a little it's like we were both on the grounds it was cool. It was like a common bonding moment but I didn't have a president standing next to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: next time.
1: Next <laughs> time let's do it. Happen?
0: <laughs> um you are also the host of your own podcast the all in podcast which is extremely popular so uh hey man we're we're in the presence of a celebrity thanks for hanging out with me
1: oh man I'm, I'm exci- I appreciate you having me on man uh, I love this you know I love just being around interesting people and you definitely qualify as interesting people I appreciate
0: it uh, <laughs> I appreciate that all right man I'm gonna dig in let's get some of the basics out of the way yeah um why don't you give us just a 100,000 foot view of your overall business, businesses, ventures. But also, I think it's important to tell people where they can find you online as well.
1: Yeah, that one's easy. That's just at Mr. Rick Jordan on all platforms. You can awesome. hit me up there. Yeah, and there's links to the show, the podcast, everything that's there. But I, um, that's a great question, man, because it's so interesting right now. And I'm sure we'll get into more of the COVID and coronavirus talk a little yeah. later on. But my origin story, you know, in tech starts years and years ago. You know, I, I am CEO of Reach Out Technology, Reach Out IT right now. That, that's been around for about a decade. Okay. You know, we do right around $2 million a year. That's how we finished out the year last year. You know, even this year, we booked in the first quarter alone about $900K. That's and that, w- that was even before, you know, because we're constantly growing, man. And it, it, there's reasons for that, too, which I'm sure we'll, we'll probably get into. And that was even pre-corona is when we started booking all this business this year. I, uh, I started, man, actually in music because I'm an ordained pastor also, you no know, way. along with being CIA trained and all this other stuff. You know, I just, it's like, anybody else out there have all these different aspects to them? You know, so it's, it's cool. like uh, I've got all these different areas and they've kind of coalesced into one now and it's really cool. Because I love tech, but how I got into tech was actually in music, playing guitar and drums and taking around and looking at, you know, all the different effects pedals that I could use and how to blend them together and really honing in on that. So I'm like, this stuff's pretty cool. Yeah, and then I was going to be a cop when I was 18, but that no didn't way. pan out. Yeah, because I just, dude, I've got a heart to try to protect people and really just kind of lift them up, you know. And that's one of the service aspects of who I am. I was going to join the military that didn't work out either. Neither did the cop thing for many reasons that are actually in my book, you know, just some crazy stuff going on uncovering, you know, different conspiracies and different other ethical conundrums that exist within law enforcement. I love our police officers. I support our police officers just like anything else. Humans are humans, Yeah. you know, and everybody needs help. And that's why I don't judge either. It's awesome. And, but everybody can be brought up from anything is one of my, I'll get, man, I can get so far into philosophy and how I feel about things, just <laughs> lifting people up. But getting into tech, man, I, I started and I cut my teeth with Merrill Lynch back in the day, you know, before they were acquired by Bank of America. And it was like enterprise IT. I deployed 12,000 servers and 150,000 workstations across all their branch offices in the U.S., built those suckers, shipped them out. You know, it was, it was interesting, but it really helped me dive into this stuff. I'm like, you know, maybe this is something that I'm pretty good at. And I was. You know. I, would, I would say you had to be at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was do or die when you're doing that and you're thrust into it. It was really cool because it was one of the, and it, this is another thing that I live by, man, is that you always need coaches and mentors in your life. And the reason I am where I am today is because of the coaches and mentors that I've had in my life. And this was a dude who had known me for 10 years. You know, I was only 18 when I was doing this stuff for Merrill Lynch. Oh, Litch. wow. And I'm wow. 40 now, so you're talking 22 years ago. And he just saw something in me, man, and pulled me out of the warehouse you know, the, at this place and said, you know what, I'm going to throw you in here. We're going to train you on the job. And so it, if it wasn't for him, man, his name was Wyant Neiswanger. And I still remember him to this day, you know, because he was really the first one that saw something in me. That's and cool. kind of that first mentor, that first coach that I had. That's cool. That's and then super. from there on, I went, uh, dude, I started working for Geek Squad a little after no that way. too. I was okay. the very first Geek Squad agent in Chicago, Wow! which was one of the first seven nationwide when Best Buy acquired them. Wow. Uh, and we talk with people all the time. You know, I, I skipped over something pretty important because in Geek Squad, I was one of the best salespeople that they had. Hmm. They were always asking me, you know, from corporate saying, why are your per ticket averages? three to four times higher than everyone else at one of our other six test stores. Yeah. And it was as simple as this. I'm like, dude, I just ask them what they need. ask yeah. the question. <laughs> exactly. Instead of just going in and doing the job like a Comcast tech or something like that, you know, yeah. and just being condescending because I may be no more than those people. That's a, a blessing to be in that role when you know more than someone, because now you can teach them and help lift them up. It's really cool, man. But I uh, when I was working for Geek Squad, I shifted over and wrote the whole book for Best Buy for Business when they launched that for sales Uh, and got into a over to the dark side, as I call it, you know, went from the tech over to the business side. Yeah. And especially into sales. It was a lot of fun. But the first time I spoke, though, you mentioned I was a public speaker. This was when Mm -hmm. I was 16 and maybe this is why this was easier for me. I don't know. My dad passed when I was 16 and really? had leukemia and my younger brother and sister, 10 and 11 years old at the time. I helped raise them for a couple of years because my wow. mom was, you know, she, she was grieving for a couple of oh, years after that, that's man. Intense. I'll never forget the close relationship that those two had you know, and how they would always, and my wife and I do this now, always hug and kiss in front of your kids mm-hmm. you know, so your kids can see that, wow, my parents actually, yeah, my parents actually love each other. and it's it's really cool having that environment we've got that at our house now but the first time i spoke in public was at my dad's funeral when i was 16. and it was just about a 10 or 12 minute talk but that was in front of 300 people because he was only 46 when he passed and when you're younger i've noticed too throughout life you know because i just turned 40 last year when you're younger you seem to know more people and more people know you, you know, than versus when you age in life and get a little more seasoned, you know, there's exactly your circle kind of condenses a little bit. You know, so there was a lot of people that showed up, man. And that was the first time I spoke in public was at that point. And still it was motivational and inspirational. Just talking about how we can turn this moment into, I remember telling my dad, I mean, looking down at his coffin saying, you know, I'm not going to let you down and then turning to everybody else that was there attending and this is an opportunity to take what was bad and celebrate what was good prior to this yeah. and utilize all that and thrust us forward to the rest of life. Yeah. My dad set a great example, man. I'm grateful for him. But even in that saying, you know what, we can celebrate his life. And I don't let him be forgotten yeah. you know, to this point. And this is one way that I honor him is trying to serve other people. Yeah. You know, whether it's other MSPs like we're doing right now and telling them how things are working great or how they're not working so great and they can learn from you and I. Yeah. I love that, but that's, that's how I first got started in public speaking, man. Wow,
0: that's and then,
1: wild. Yeah, nice. it was crazy, right? <laughs> then uh, around 28 years old, because I was telling you I was working for Best Buy for business, yep. right? Mm-hmm. They killed that entire division right at the recession, hmm. the last recession. That's when I was launched into where I'm at now, that's when I started doing, I had one MSP first that failed actually okay. for two years. You know, I, I say that it failed because it just wasn't structured right. Sure. Uh, it was still, but then I rebooted it back in 2010, okay. and that's how I got to where I'm at right now. Uh, that, that reboot is interesting, but the recession is something that's interesting to focus on if you don't mind, because you were talking about, he, I know well, I'm talking a lot, man, you're not asking a lot of no, questions. No, this, so this, this is this good and I
0: love it because, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I wanted to understand parallels uh, yeah. between now and then and, and uh, you know, what you're seeing inside of business. So
1: it's, it's interesting because I'm seeing a lot of similarities from now, you know, with coronavirus and COVID compared to our last recession, you know, and everyone's, you know, starting to call this even maybe a depression, something like that. I don't see it that way, you know, because I, you remember how it was 12 yeah. years ago, yeah. the markets crashed way worse than where they're at right now. The housing market, yeah, it's taken a pretty big hit and it's gonna to continue to go down, but that was really the catalyst for the last recession. Right. This is something different, it's a pandemic, it's still extremely serious and, and tragic, but I'm seeing some parallels in this from a business perspective. And then I started my MSP, you know, or going into that space, launching on on my own during a recession. Mm-hmm. And I always see opportunities and there's everybody talking about, you know, opportunities are abundant right now and all this. It's but I think they're presenting it in, a, in the wrong way too, because they're presenting it as taking advantage of the situation. Sure. Versus where I see the opportunities coming will really be about six months from now when everybody's trying to rebuild. Right now for MSPs, it's a time to really start to serve your clients more and try to figure out ways where you can do more for them now without charging more. Agreed. And there's a way to do this. There's to- totally ways to do that. We started shifting our focus on our rhythms with engagement with clients okay. about three months ago, even before COVID hits, before we knew this was even a thing where we could touch our clients more and also spend less time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting concept, but we yeah. started looking at everybody knows QBRs. Yeah. You know, everybody gets that, but we started breaking those down and the QBRs you've always got to go through the technical garbage. Uh, I love the human aspect to IT. If you couldn't get that from me now that I, I have a very human <laughs> side of me <laughs> versus, versus the, the tech side. You know, I'm still a nerd at heart though, man. I mean, that's how I got into this, right? Was uh, dinking around with all the, the music effects pedals and guitar yeah. effects pedals and everything. Right. Uh, I built my first computer when I was like 10 years old or something, an old Tandy computer awesome. that, that it was crazy. But There's a lot of opportunity that exists right now to really serve and show your clients that you're more present now than ever. Uh, Increase your connection points and that doesn't necessarily increasing headcounts. That doesn't mean increasing the amount of time that you spend with them. For us, it was actually pulling it back but making those touch points more frequent. Yeah, and I'm assuming you're talking about intentionality inside of it. You got it as well right absolutely I I went through and I'd be glad to share this spread I'm actually launching a site here soon to mspthrive.com because during this I see this as a way to even provide MSPs some of the cool things that I've done and how I use to manage my business just you know no charge or anything for this stuff I just want to throw it out there reason being is 12 years ago I was in that boat uh, where my twins were born I didn't say this before my twins were born right after I was laid off, two weeks after I was laid off from Best Buy. You, you jumped into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> Dude, it was it was intense. You know, first off, I mean, my twins were great. You know, at that point, I feel sorry for any parent who has multiples their second round, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, if you have a single then multiples, you know, you've you already been used. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When you have the multiples first, you just don't know any better. This is normal. You just do it. And then when our third came along, it was like, man, this is just the simplest thing in the world. You know, we'll just let him be and let him live his own life, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it got to the point sometimes, man, and this is how rough it can get you know, even now. And I'm sure there's some smaller MSPs that are really, really feeling the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've had years at this point to build up to a point to where it's, there's a little bit more reserve and I have a little bit right. more business knowledge right. than most to be able to pivot at this point in time and, and plan things out so that everybody can thrive again. It was to the point, man, 12 years ago where it was literally, you know, do I pay my mortgage or do I buy my kids formula?
0: Yep, those are super
1: tough. Yeah, and that's like a non-choice, right? Yeah. Because uh, do I keep a roof over their head or do I feed them? How do I do that? And there were times in, to where our power was shut off and I couldn't pay it until two days later during this time period too, when I launched my MSP back in 2008 to where I, it was a condo that we owned to where I would run an extension cord from the refrigerator because that's where the breast milk was, that's where yeah. the, the formula was stored, out to the hall to the common area and plug it in and leech power off of the association. Yeah, and I look back at that and it's like, was that ethical? Probably not. It survival. was survival. Survival, yeah. Yeah, and that's, maybe there was some other ways to do it. I don't know, but what do you do in those time yeah. periods when you're staring at the faces of two, three month olds, yeah. right at you and say, I need to provide for you somehow. How can I do care. this? Get exactly. It. And then of course, after that, you know, I let the association know, and then I paid them a little extra saying, you know, I, for two days, I took some power from you. You know, what, what's that worth? You know, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever it is. Uh, I, I just needed that bridge you know almost like a, a working capital loan there you go for my family yeah
0: there yeah and you, you, interestingly enough the title of your book is situational ethics which yeah. you have literally just just uh, described right there
1: um, it's crazy is it, is man is that
0: also a, a story that you uh, talk about inside
1: of that that publication ironically no but it probably should be in there because it fits the premise of the whole book yeah, that yeah. ethics are always to me anyways you know 99% of the time whatever a matter of dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. They're always a matter of an economic proposition.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so what what will make you cross the line and what line is that? For me it was staring at two three month olds that I had to provide yeah. to where I just needed electricity for my refrigerator for two days. Yeah. And I made that right so that I yeah. my conscience would be okay. Right. Uh, but there's others. I mean there's stories man I mean with insider threats cuz I could go down rabbit holes with that. But it, with our clients to where I've stopped a salesperson selling a $25 million book of business to my client's largest competitor, you know, catching them in the act with vehicle GPS in the parking lot of their largest competitor, ready to sell that thing. I mean, just, just crazy stuff, man. But right now I see a lot of, cause it, if we look back at 2008, there was a lot of people like me, you know, especially in the tech field that were displaced, didn't have a job anymore. What do they do? Uh, they started their own business, you know, whether out, it's break, out. fix, MSP, wh- whatever. It, now I could see this happening again, six months from now. And this is important for the MSPs out there, because I think we're going to have a lot of coronapreneurs that come out of this scenario because those individuals that might've worked for an MSP before, or maybe they might've been internal IT at a large corporation, they don't have jobs. Yeah, What are they going to do? You know, so like me, it's, a matter of economic proposition most of the time, what are they going to do? They're probably going to take a look at what, if you're an MSP, this is insider threats, right? This is cybersecurity, human security within your own organization right now. Mm-hmm. If you had to lay some people off during this time, make sure that your customers are protected. Right. Because I know when I started, you know, now Best Buy eliminated the division, so it was a little bit more ethical, but I had Buffalo Wild Wings, a franchise owner who owned six that came with me from that, who was my very first client. I could see that happening to some other MSPs to where if they have to lay somebody off, that person, maybe they have twins like I did and they have to feed them. Uh, What are they gonna do? I have
0: not, um, (laughs) funny enough, that has not crossed my mind in terms of a a threat inside of this landscape. That's, uh, uh, but I think really, really relevant. Really, yeah, man. court awareness is to, you know, the situation that individuals inside of our organizations, if they were to be let go, where does that put the company overall?
1: And you got it. And it doesn't matter if they're a good person or not. They probably are good people. Yeah. You know, but it comes down to that one word we talked about before, which is survival. Yeah. You know, or protection, you know, and meaning protection of your current economic status, your current lifestyle, yeah. you know, putting food on your table. Yeah. And then beyond that, they'll pivot. Maybe they'll go back to work. with that MSP, you know, they just did some stuff on the side with the side hustle, a little moonlighting here and there for now, and they'll go back to the MSP. But just be wary, I would say, to all all MSPs, just take a look at your customer list and make sure you have good relationships and you're increasing your connection points now, especially if you've had to lay some of your staff off. Now, they're without a job. They're on unemployment, but what are they thinking? They don't know if they're going back or not. Look at PPP. I mean, how many people got funded? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get funded. uh,
0: was it eighty? I don't want to throw out statistics. Yeah. Super dangerous, but it was a really high percentage. I think it was like eighty percent that applied. It was insane. Uh, yeah. Uh, did not get it to to actually hit hit their account.
1: You know. Right on. You know, and right payroll on. wise, I mean, mine was under two hundred k for the loan yeah. for those couple of months. You know, but I know a lot of banks were prioritizing the larger clients because it was they would make more in processing from those.
0: Yeah. I've, you know, either way.
1: Um, yeah, if you don't have PPP and you've had to lay your staff off, that that person even though they're a good person has now become a liability. Right. And yeah. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I see this happening. Be mindful
0: of the situation and and um, you know the stuff that you're hitting me with right now I was like, "Man, yeah. That, that is something and I've been on a lot of webinars and I've been on a lot of panel discussions. Yeah, man. That is that is the first time that uh that specific subject has come up so court awareness guys <laughs> this is this is really good this might be the only place you hear that so pay attention
1: probably and i've seen that you know we've had clients too to where the, there's been fires on their floors at law firms and my team comes back and tells me they're like oh my gosh they had a fire you know we're we're in disaster recovery mode for them you know thank god we've got all the right solutions in place are still working all their stuff is spun up in the cloud everything else and they're thinking the tech side and i'm thinking how'd that thing start You know, that's where my brain goes. And this comes back to the law enforcement side and then being trained by the CIA a few years ago as a civilian for contract work. Uh, But it's always a water cooler. One dude mentioned who works for me, he goes, that thing was moved like six feet away from where it was usually. You know, I don't know if maybe it started and someone saw it. I'm like, show me a picture. And then I see. I'm just looking at a photo, man. I see this little wire coil going from the compressor on this water cooler up to the power supply. I'm like, that shouldn't be there wow weird. and then sure enough the, the the detectives missed it man and as soon as i tipped them off to that that's when they came back in and ruled it arson wow and that was an insider threat that was somebody who worked for my client that did this and just got disgruntled and then tried to burn the house down literally it's it's crazy you know that's the stuff that's out there but i do want to give people hope too you know because i see right now in the msp space this is so interesting to me and it's been happening already and I think there's an acceleration that we're going to see because of COVID, is a consolidation. And even more so with these coronapreneurs, as I'm calling them, that are entering the market now, that means more competition. Right. Because there's about 142,000, I've looked at them, I've looked at the numbers, 142,000 MSPs across the entire U.S. right now. Now some of them, I'm sure are gonna fall off the map, right? but other ones are going to be consolidated Exactly. I'm actually in acquisition mode right now myself because sure. I'm looking to acquire those who are my size and lower right now because we're, we're building up. You know, We're actually going public later this year too, which okay. is another whole wow. story in itself. But it's, it's cool, man, because I see myself 12 years ago, and this actually might be something to consider for some smaller MSPs. You know, when I'm in active talks right now, the reason and the why he wants to sell, he's been around for 15 years. Sure. You know, it does about one and a half million in revenue. The okay. reason why he wants to sell is because he doesn't like the weight on his shoulders. He never did. Right. I get that, you know, even though he wants, and he wants to help somebody else thrive and build something bigger than himself, Right. which is cool. You know, so if it's not the case to where you're, you know, maybe you're making 500K a year revenue, you know, 300K a year, that means you might be taking home 50, $60,000 Right. That's it, which is crazy to me too. Because the average small business owner takes home about fifty nine nine every year. That's also stats from the SBA, man. Yeah, how do you live on that? I don't yeah. know, especially don't when you have a family.
0: Know. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So now with everyone hard hit. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are really, really, really good techs. They just don't like the business side or never learn the business side. You know, so with MSP Thrive that I'm putting out there, you know, let's get them the right information. But as Part of this hope they can grab on to, but maybe also they might want to sell or find somebody to merge in with, right. and build something bigger. I know MSPs five of them that converge. You know, and built like this monster MSP. Right. You know, one's a COO, one's a COO. You know, one's a CTO. <laughs> they just started going through all the C's, man.
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, it it it, it ends up being a, a right seat on the bus. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and how to, or you know, right seat in the in the canoe, making sure everybody's rowing in the same same direction and. Uh,
1: You got it. Oftentimes
0: you need collaboration and then being able to find those different skill sets. You do. I like that attitude of finding um, opportunity, not only inside of your business, looking to make um, acquisition this time, but also, you know, from what I'm gathering, the philosophy is, it's, it's, it's helping to bolster up that individual or the team associated with the company that you're, you're, you're bringing into your fold. That's exactly. I mean, everyone's winning in that, in that type of a uh, scenario and finding those common goals and then attacking,
1: you know? Exactly. I had a question posed to me because I have a team that's putting together the public offering right now. And I, I was always of this, flawed mindset. It's like, oh, I need to own 51%. I need to maintain that amount of stock because I'm the captain. I need to know where I'm headed. I'm Mm -hmm. the one that has to guide the ship. Then they start telling me, you you know, Zuckerberg, you know, Facebook, he only owns like 22% or 28%. Yeah, something like that. And they start, Elon Musk, you know, same way going through the entire Gambit of all these insane entrepreneurs who own such a small percentage of their company and they said Rick Would you rather you know, and this is for the MSPs I'm using hypothetical numbers here in this merging concept, you know or acquisition concept Would you rather own 100% of a five hundred thousand dollar company a 500k company? Or would you be okay with maybe merging with somebody and owning half and building a five million dollar company? Right. Uh, is 100% of 500k better or is 50% of five million better? Right. Right. You know, that's a, and well, I that, hope that, your mindset is the one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That mindset, but yeah. yeah. There's some men that want to push through and that's cool. And they should, you know, cause I was one of those guys that pushed through yeah. Yeah, But to your point too. You know, there's a lot of MSPs and this is one I had a, on one of my shows. I got so passionate about this man and started telling people to close their doors, shut down their business. You know, if this was the case, if you don't get excited when payroll comes around, if you don't get excited when you're signing those checks or clicking the approve button on your payroll process or whatever it is, you know, metaphorically signing the checks, yeah. if you, if that's not you, you don't have a right to be in business. And this is where I give the straight truth on a lot of things too. You know, Cause if you don't get excited about the impact you can make in your people's lives, right. you should not be the captain of that ship. Agreed. Uh, and that's, uh, that's how I have felt. I've got a canvas outside my office or that just says serve first. And that's what everyone sees. All my people see when they walk into my office is serve first. Yeah, and I, I love that, man. I've always said I love payroll time because the more checks that I sign, metaphorically, that means the more lives that I'm able to impact, the more families that I'm able to help.
0: Absolutely, I think. It, is it Zig Ziglar? Um, you know, this is this is throwback, but uh, help enough people get what they want, you ultimately get what you want. If
1: that's your attitude. that's dead on. Yep, you got it. Of leadership.
0: Hey guys, Ryan Goodman here, president at Connect Booster and your host for this fine podcast. We want to take a quick break from our episode and thank you for listening. We wouldn't do this if it weren't for you, so thank you for sticking with us on this adventure. We also want to thank Rick for joining us on today's episode. You can find out more about Rick and Reach Out IT at reachoutit.com. Rick has given us a lot of fantastic information about his struggles and successes with owning an IT business. And there's a lot more coming after this break. If you want to learn more about Reach Out IT and their services, give them a call, send an email, throw a carrier pigeon if you have to. They want to help you out. Now, before we get back to the episode, we want to let you know all of the ways that you can find us online, starting with connectbooster.com slash podcast. That's where all our new episodes go up first. So if you want to listen right away, check out connectbooster.com slash podcast and sign up for our podcast email list. Episodes are also available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google as well. So subscribe to our channel or find us on your favorite podcast platform and they'll let you know when new episodes are ready to listen to. If you want to connect with us or be a guest on the podcast, email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll point you in the right direction. Lastly, if you like the podcast, tweet about it using hashtag ITConfessions. We don't pay to promote the show, so sharing the show is really the best way to let us know that you like it. Thanks again for listening to the confessions of an IT business owner. We'll get back to the podcast and talk to you soon. A lot of what you're talking about really leads into my next question. Yeah, um, you know, no, we where we spent a lot of our uh, really first time just kind of hanging out was was last year. You know, we worked together yeah. in, in a capacity between you know kind of like vendor partner relationship for a few years, but um, got to spend some time with you on a boat um, cruising around Manhattan. At it the was cool. the it was Cop, that was pretty yeah, cool. It yeah. was a decent boat. Yeah, it was great going under the Brooklyn Bridge, and I mean yeah. the city is beautiful. Um, i was really impressed with your philosophy around you know there's a lot of times that we you know we can control outcomes to a certain degree we can help manipulate our environment to ourselves for opportunity but there's also a lot of things where you know we can't we can't adjust what happens to us but the thing we can adjust is our attitude around it and how we react to it and um you know you've really hit uh on a lot of that, what what are the, what are some of the ways you know that you are taking that knowledge? Because as a leader, that also has to drive down to your team. Are, are there specific ways that you try to um, help implement your personal philosophies to to drive down? Um, into the individuals in your business. So, so they're continuing to operate the business As you're a very busy guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Would
0: you want the business to, to run? Are, are there any ways that you're being intentional about that?
1: There is, yeah. And you're right on, man, because I transitioned. Like I said, I, I went over to the dark side a while back. You know, so even though at the beginning days of my MSP, I was a dude in server closets. I was a dude underneath yeah. the desks. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got really, really sick in 2015. Okay. And you know, I had a gangrenous gallbladder No one could figure it out for eight months. I was less than a day away from dying when they found out what this was and pulled it out. But it was after that moment to where I really shifted over to the dark side and saying, I'm plowing forward, you know, because that I couldn't control just like you're talking about here. I could not control that, but I absolutely could control my response to it, making through that, making it through it and pressing on from that. I shifted, I completely took myself out of the tech side of the business at that point. And that's, dude, that's when we were only doing 500K a year too. Was that uh, was that hard to let go of the purse strings? You know, it transition. at first it was shifting my mind to that yeah. because it would be just natural pulls and it was more like mental muscle memory, you sure. know, trying to dive back into that stuff. But for me, I had the tragic events. I could see where if someone didn't have that life altering events where, yeah it would be very tough but for me it was a complete shift at that point i mean like no looking back kind of a thing yeah, and that's uh i believe a lot in that too is burning the net you know it's a, no backup plan you know, once you make a decision you just drive forward and i teach my people that too you know I, that's one thing there's no there's no might and there's no should those are two words that are forbidden in my msp yeah, you because know, there isn't, you know, this might work or this should work. Let's just see how it goes. You know, who wants to hear that from a customer perspective, man? No. no. <laughs> how much confidence is that in still? You know? <laughs> nope. But to your point, that's part of the culture that you teach, you know, and there's things that I do in order to make sure that I still have touch points with my team. One is WWW, Wine and Whiskey Wednesday, four mm. o'clock every Wednesday. We all get together. Now it's on Zoom. You know, so every, it used used to be, they're missing a little bit that I bring in some pretty decent wine and pretty scotch and whiskey. (laughs) Everyone's
0: clinking the webcam.
1: Exactly, yeah, so now they're stuck with what they have in their house, you know, so (laughs) instead of McAllen, it might be Jack, you know, and instead of- uh, (laughs) That
0: McCarty-Lamone, man, that still gives me goosebumps. Yeah.
1: Oh my God, yes, (laughs) (laughs) but those are ways that I, I stay connected. And during those times too, that's when I train out culture. And it's just bringing up conversation, you know, talking about scenarios with customers and then training them, you know, like those two things, the might's and the should, or going through our core values. You know, we just had four new people start this week in, in the midst of all this. And that's my part in this. So they go through all the operations and systems training and the process and procedures and everything. But the very first thing they go through is me for an hour and a half. Nothing but culture. Fabric, yeah. Exactly. And that sets the stage and the tone for everything else that they go through this entire week. Uh, so, but those constant, tu- just like you need to have constant touch points with your customers, you need to have constant touch points with your staff. Yeah. Uh, and everyone, whether they right. like it or not, most of them do. They're forced to listen to my podcast. Yeah. Uh, so they're forced to follow me on social media. Not yeah. forced, but it's just put you know, follow yeah, me, it's follow it's like me. How,
0: how this works, yeah.
1: Exactly. You're then you're I pop the up family, in their feed. the feed. Exactly. Yeah. Then they get little trickles and it's not like I'm saying, Hey, you need to be a Facebook friend with me. No, I have a public figure page. Yeah. Just follow me. Yeah. Now I'm a little different. I put out a lot of social content, you do. Than most MSPs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the, this is one of the things, man, and this is even for customers cause I really have three things, you know, almost three tips outside of what we've been talking with for MSPs these days. One of those is that because tech guys, historically speaking, are not really good at using tech. Take a look at the social presence that most MSP owners have, it's next to nothing. Right. Look at their LinkedIn, there's like 30 connections for the most part, they're not investing where the world thrives right, right now. You know, And think about this, okay, I just, Donated. I'm very big into philanthropy. I started in the church. I'm an ordained pastor. I support financially when things come to me. Yeah. But last month I gave tens of thousands, multiple tens of thousands in a donation to a church that's starting and they call me up like, dude, the, this is right when COVID hit. They're like, dude, we're putting the live sound up this week. I'm like, you need to stop. Halt. You're not going to be able to meet in person for like three months, maybe at the minimum. Yeah. You know? And then I told, ta- invest in cameras, invest in a studio. Build that instead. Have the pastor, who's a friend of mine, sit in front of his fireplace at his house and and start talking to people. Dude, They did this. I'm grateful that they listened because their church of 400 people now, just last month, their Easter video reached over 10,000. That's wild. It's insane. But that's where the opportunity is for MSPs too, with, with social. So, you know, tech guys are traditionally not very good at using tech, social media, click funnels. It's like the shoemaker that doesn't wear shoes. Yeah, you know, there's all these tools that are out there for us you know click is a way to you know to generate digital leads yeah that's what I do yes. I don't do cold calls man I don't I don't make those kinds of things everything comes from social media ads and we continue to grow and add two to three new clients every single month on solid MRR that's awesome and yeah you know, uh, that, that comes down to that whole you know I close hundred percent of the leads and, and a lot of the MSPs think that I did, you know, years ago when I was only doing three to 500, I'm like, shoot, my close ratio is like 95%, you know, almost a (laughs) hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Then I realized that's because all of them are just super warm referrals. Yeah. Well, and when you get down to it, when you have that lead engine driving in, you realize that, oh, you're not so good at that 95 to 100%, you know, and I dropped down to around 15 to 20. And that's probably because I've had a history in sales before that it was that good coming out of the gates. You know, when most are probably between like five and 10, you know, like closing one out of every 10 that's there. You want to be between 20 to 25, of course, uh, but that's one of the things is always focus on driving more leads because, uh, or not just driving more leads, but also focusing on that presentation that you have and your sales concept of building that, co- that prospect's confidence in what you're telling them in you and your company and in your product or service. You know, so focus on how you're closing these things, not just the amount of leads that are coming through. Do all that, man. You got to build a list. That's like number three. You know, that, that's the start. Do something. You get out there. You know, do a, do a Zoom call. Or yeah. for if you're verticals law firms, you know, do like a, a HIPAA compliance thing for law firms or something. Right. Everybody registers for your webinar. You know, start calling up and getting people enlisted. Have your staff focus on that right now. Because this pivot I'm talking about, man, with these coronapreneurs, if you're not focusing on the offense right now, you're gonna be playing defense the entire time and just keep losing ground, losing ground, losing ground to the point to where your valuation is so low that you'll have to either just fold or sell for pennies on the dollar, uh, which I don't wanna see anybody in that boat. I
0: agree.
1: I'd rather give them free stuff now and help them along or have conversations with you and have it go out to them and say, hey, here's three things you can do right now, please. The technology
0: piece, I have a a couple questions for you around that. (laughs) Yeah. what would be like one thing in the next week an MSP that, you know, maybe is not savvy in uh, social or sure. you know, top of funnel lead gen. What is one simple thing they could do to dip their toe into the pool? Something actionable.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Grab your phone, grab your iPhone, grab your Android, start making content right now. Cool. It can look like a hostage video. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Why? Because this is literally everybody right now in their homes doing right. this. It's more relatable now than ever. My content, you know, I invest heavily in my brand, but my content is very professionally produced. However, some of that stuff isn't as relevant now because what's relevant is everybody just holding their phone up yeah. doing this. In real. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. you're you're at your office, I'm in my studio, but there's nobody else. The studio's in, in my office space that I have. Yeah. There's nobody else here right now, you know, because they're mostly probably the same with you for the most part, even though we're critical infrastructure. Yeah, you know, I come here because I can, because I own it and I know nobody else is here. <laughs> that's just how it is. <laughs> exactly. But most of the time, man, it's just stuff like this. It's just holding your phone up and start to generate that content. But then you can start sharing those links too. That, that's actionable because you can just talk about, hey, law firms talk to me right now. You know, I want to give you one thing. You've got your remote workers working from home. Are they working from home PCs or are they working from a business-owned asset? Because especially if you're dealing with electronic health records with workers comp claims or medical malpractice or something, you need to make sure that you're still compliant with HIPAA with everybody working from home. That's a 15-second story. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Great advice. That's great. Just do it. Exactly. We have time, just do it. Oh man, it's going to suck. It's going to suck the first couple For of sure. times that somebody does it. You know, I look back even in my first podcast like, oh Lord, and everyone's like, oh, that was great. I'm looking at myself. You're your worst critic, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Th- this was horrible. Uh, <laughs> but that's what it's going to look like to you when you first pick up your phone. But you, the more you speak, the more you talk, the more fluent and smooth mm-hmm. you will become over time. Agreed. Then you get in front of people on Zoom, you know, even if it's just 20 people, I mean, Last week, I was in front of 150 people because I was invited to talk about at a a C-suite virtual conference. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. But I didn't start there. It takes just picking up your phone and starting with this thing. That's the thing to do this week. Don't I would say you said next week. I wouldn't even wait, man. You can do this today. We got one more day, day and a half. Get it done. Right on. (laughs) Yep. You got it. Do it today for sure, Uh man. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, dude, This could be the gold rush. It really could. And I want to give people hope in this. And it's not really right now. It's really later on this year is when that gold rush could take happen because everyone's kind of in that protect mode right now. But as we, as we pivot through these next couple of weeks, next couple of months, if you just serve your clients, serve your customers right now in their time of greatest need, you know, there's some unique ways that I've done that and people can reach out to me, you know, like this, this was cool being able to I didn't intend to make the owners cry. You know, it's, it it was four women that own a a physical occupational and speech therapy for kids, which is medical. Uh, But I was able to give them three months with completely no payments. Uh, And I don't even do terms, man. I've never done contracts or anything like that, but I got, I found the right relationship with an underwriter to fund three years worth of that if they sign for three years and give them deferred payments for 90 days. That's cool. It, most are in this boat, man. And it, when I told them this, I mean, they started crying on the Zoom call, all four of them with this, because yeah. they, they called me up and they said, Rick, you know, first they, they wanted to talk to me, of course, because I'm the owner. Yeah. And said, Rick, we want to let you know what's going on. You know, because of even though we're medical and kids need physical therapy, kid, kids need speech therapy, nobody's bringing their kids in because there's other kids around. Right. So, while we're shifting to teletherapy and telemedicine right now, we know that we need reach out. We know that we need you more than ever, but we just can't pay you right? because their revenue went to zero overnight with this. And then they tell me, we had to lay off all 30 of our therapists. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Give me 24 hours. Dude busted up the phone and started working on this for them and came back. I'm like, you guys have never been on a term. You've been here for five years. They're so like, we'll sign anything. We're, we're with you. We know we need you, you know, and you're, you've done great work for us. If you can do three years, I can give you three months completely free. And that's what it, it just, even in that. So it, it was a win-win because I keep them around as a client because it, you know, and I still would have worked something out, but this was the best possible way, man, to, to help lift them up and serve them in this time to help their transition, their pivots while they were in that protect mode, because I don't want MSPs to even to stay in that protect mode too long. I want them to to push forward into that pivot mode so they can start looking at thriving with their customers again, six months from now. Uh, As soon as you can get out of that defense mode, the better it is for you and start looking into that pivot because nothing's gonna be the same man. Just like my story about the church, church is never gonna be the same again. This the old way of doing things. MSPs are never gonna be the same again. If you're smart and you make that pivot, you're going to thrive again six months from now.
0: When I think another thing that you touched on is an underlying opportunity here to strengthen those existing client relationships. Oh my gosh, yes. through the tough time. And you have like widened the moat, heightened the walls on those business relationships and, and long-term business. So yeah. in addition to being able to pivot and take advantage of the opportunities that are going to present themselves here, you've solidified that base beyond just uh, oh, a, yeah, a vendor, you know, client relationship. You're like, this guy's a partner in my business yeah. and helped me through one of the worst times they probably experienced inside of their their professional uh, professional
1: career. So you got it. Super cool. Absolutely, man. I, I love that. That's what fulfills me, man. If I'm not helping other people, I'm not personally fulfilled. Right. Uh, whether that's clients, whether that's other MSPs, whatever it is, it, you know, even even our conversation just with each other, you know, I feed off of this. What we're doing yeah. right oh, now, yeah. man. Same, same
0: here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm making like mental pointers. I should have a a, a note card because there there are two three things. <laughs>
1: ah, this is really. Hey, good. we're recorded. It's all good. Yeah. yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> Oh, I get to go back and listen.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. I'm sure you've got someone that'll do the show notes too. So you, you could like look at bullet points along the way. Right on, man. So I have another specific question for yeah. you. Um, what has surprised you the
0: most over these last four weeks?
1: It was probably the denial at first with, with most that this is something. And it, it really has nothing to do with how bad... The virus is, you know, the the death toll or how many are actually infected anything like that. It was more so the denial. I mean, uh, from the country's leadership all the way down, you know, to just everyone else that thinking that this was going to be over super fast. Yeah, and that's and here's the the singular reason why man, it has nothing to do with the economy. It has nothing to do with how you feel when it should open back up again. It has nothing to do about how businesses are being affected or how families can't pay their mortgage. It's one single thing, the power of fear. Yeah. And that's what was sort of delayed because what happens when, you know, if you're not used to a certain kind of stress or a certain kind of fear, what do you typically do? You freak out and you run away from it, right? You you turn back, yeah. Rather than facing it head on, and that's where that denial that surprised me Yeah, because at first I, but I've seen this before, you know, I built my MSP in the middle of the recession, Mm -hmm. the last recession, I've seen it. So I'm like, Oh, this is feeling pretty familiar to me. Uh, But those who have not been, or maybe, you know, went through as a different industry, not necessarily in real estate or something like that before, or B2B services that took a hit last recession, Mm -hmm. they might not have seen anything like this before, you know, even though I'm 40, I say I'm 40. And sometimes I say that I'm only 40 but I've been doing this for 12 years now. Yeah, it is it is a long time. And so I'm not young, but I'm not elderly either. You know, I've seen one or two things. I've done one or two things. And this just had a familiar feeling. But as I'm looking around, I started looking up at really the fear yeah. in everyone. And that's where I felt that most were denying what was happening for real. And it again, it has nothing to do with the the tragedy of the amount of deaths or the amount of infections or the economy closing down. It was just more so all of those put together and people not knowing what is going to happen and when's that going to happen, whether it's a turn for the worse or a turn for the best. Yeah, it's really the power of fear, man. That's been the biggest driver out of this and with clients, with my staff, with uh, you know, with, with churches that I support with everyone, it's just being that encouraging voice to them and saying you know we will get through this together uh, not denying the suck factor right now because it's it's very real there's a reality yeah yeah but that's facing that fear man because the, the only way that you can overcome that was it Tony Robbins I think that said you know if I'm scared then I must hmm. I, I, I don't know it might have been him I'm probably misquoting somebody I don't know but that that's how I was you know if there's something that that scares me I know well I gotta tackle this thing yeah it's in front of me as a challenge because the greater the challenge, the greater the wall in front of you means that there's an even bigger breakthrough on the other side. That's another thing that I've always looked at, which ties back and calls back to what we were talking about. The situation you're dealt, dealt with, how you respond or react to that. You got it. When you look at the scenario and think, I've noticed this in my life, if you see more oppression and more resistance coming your way, that means that there's an even greater breakthrough on the other side.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the, that's, that exactly ties back to the, um, how are you going to, what's the attitude? What's, what's yeah. the point you're going to take as these things, uh, come across your back. Cause it's this, and this isn't
1: going to be the last either. Right? So it's not, you're no. struggling now, now let
0: work to get your mind, right. Work to get your mind, right. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have those actions, you know, um, um, take the right, take the right actions. Take, the you right. got it. Talk with people. Listen to stuff that's. Oh important. Lord, please, like, yes. What you put in your mind,
1: you know, is yeah. going to
0: have. A, it's going to affect. The outcome of how you you operate.
1: You right know? on. Get in bed what with, you with wife your wife or your husband more. You know, now's the yeah. time to become closer than it is to just uh, drift apart. Even in in marriage and your other relationships, man, get closer with people during this time. Agreed.
0: All right, I'm going to give you. I'm going to. This is this is going to get a little. We'll see. We'll see if it gets philosophical.
1: If you <laughs> we could, haven't been that well, at all yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't, we haven't gotten
0: deep. So if you could talk to your younger self, seeing all that you've accomplished yeah. hey, in different areas of your life and in business and in speaking and in encouraging others, what, what would you say to yourself? What, what wisdom would you give your younger self at this point in life?
1: Just get out there and start doing it. Whatever it is, whatever that dream of yours is, whatever, you know, if I was talking to my 23-year-old self, 22-year-old yeah. self, yeah. uh, even though how we were talking and my, my origin and how I went through those different transitions and I learned a lot working for other people, mm-hmm. man, I had that itch inside of me, that entrepreneurial spirit since I was 18. Yeah. Uh, and I had an opportunity to start when I was 21, but I had that comfortability of a paycheck coming in yeah, until I didn't. when I was laid off. And that was a, well, I guess now's the time when I could have started seven years prior, you know, and it's the phrase I use a a lot is, you know, 20 years ago was the best time to plant a tree. The next best time is right now, today. And that's how I look back at my life. I learned a lot through those times, through those seven years when I could have started something and could have launched something. But I always knew that I was meant to be the, the leader and build something because I always wanted to impact other people. Yeah. You know, so if you've got that drive inside of you, you have to just start, put yourself in a position. For me, it was the comfortability. And if I was telling my younger self, it's like, dude, you need to get uncomfortable because that's the only way that you're going to grow is if you make yourself uncomfortable, burn that net, kill all the safety precautions, just go after it, man. Don't wait. Cause I, I could have been seven years ahead of where I'm at right now. Right. And it's not a regret. I don't look at it as a regret. It's just, now I made the mistake hopefully other people can learn from my mistakes. Yeah. Look at me and see where I fell so that you don't have to fall the same way.
0: I love that. I love that. Very cool. Um, In winding down, is there anything that you really wanna make sure that you leave the audience with before, before we sign off together?
1: Yeah. Especially since this is, these are my people, right? These are your people. These are, these are MSPs or IT business owners, whatever way you want to call it. Don't think that it's going to be business as usual. Understand that there's a pivot in the marketplace that's taking place and there's decisions that have to be made very quickly. Actually, if you haven't made them yet, you're probably behind the times. It's not that you don't have hope anymore. No, but you just have to act a little bit quicker right now. And that's that pivot that we've been talking about because this could be the gold rush for us. Now's not the time to try to claw at opportunities. Now's the time to serve. And like I was talking about serve first, there's a tagline there that I don't have on the canvas, but it's serve first and the money will always follow. Exactly. If, if you do that and focus that way, yeah. the gold rush will happen for yeah. you six yeah. months from now. I know it's going to hit. However, if you don't make those pivots right now, or maybe you don't want to, because it takes energy, it takes a lot of mental stamina to do this. It could be possible to, you know, selling right now is not a bad move or merging in with somebody else as we've been talking. That all of that coupled together, now's the time to pivot. Uh, because what happened before is not gonna be the same that it was. Everything changes from this point on, and it can change in a very, very good way. Agreed.
0: Well, dude, this has been awesome. Dude, I appreciate you. Truth, truth bombs all over the place. Right on, yeah. This is this is a, a note takers <laughs> podcast here. This is, this is one. Lay, lay it down, journal it out. Uh, uh, I feel like there's been some really cool uh, tidbits that have been really unique in our conversation. Yeah, This is uh, conversations that I've been having. So, you know, thank you for that unique perspective. And as a busy man, um, thank you for your time because... Um, you know, dude, that's, that's the thing we can't make more of. So I'm very grateful for you spending the time uh, with me, with all of our listeners and um, yeah, just, just laying it out.
1: And it's been Ryan, you're awesome. I appreciate that you do this because uh, I mean, bringing people hope in this time is just something that's even more important, man. So kudos to you. I appreciate you for doing that. Appreciate that. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out every Monday. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.